Man, what a week it's been. What a... Indeed. Uh, well, it doesn't stop. No, no, it does not. Good, the it's... bad, the whirlwind. The uh, homework. The homework. The 40 movies I watched in seven days. <laughs> and now you hate movies. Now I hate movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch 40 movies in a row. All right, now I've got to sit down and watch a three-hour movie. <laughs> Hilariously, the film I watched when I posted about hating movies was not this movie. Uh, it was a different Best Picture nominee, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but th- thankfully, I watched uh, a film on Netflix called Finding Ohana, which I really enjoyed later that evening. Aw. Nice. It's... I'm not going to sit here and call it a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I had fun and it reminded me a lot of the Goonies. Oh, cool. Very nice. But it you, took place in Hawaii. Nice. Like you'd said, maybe a, a palate cleanser after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, uh, let's, let's, let's get into this week's topic for the cold open, which, okay. Uh, if you, if you didn't know, uh, of course, we record a week and a half ahead, but this week, the the week we're recording, the Golden Globe nominations came out, and I just, you know, we're we're covering award shows, so let's cover some award nominations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, also, Best Years of Our Lives, the film we're covering this week, was the fourth film to win Best Picture at the Golden Globes. Okay. Uh, before they split it into Best Picture Drama and Best Picture Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into the best picture races. Uh, drama is uh, not a good category this yeah, year. I'm on, I am underwhelmed. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Though starting off, I noticed Mank is the most highly nominated movie with like six nominations, yeah. and that I mean, I liked it. It was in my top five, obviously, it, but. It's just Hollywood jerking off Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it it just barely was eked out of my top 20. And uh, I just don't think it's best picture worthy. No, it, I don't like, think so. Like I probably would have nominated Gary Oldman for it, but which he's nominated. But I, I don't know. I would have nominated it for anything else. Yeah, I mean, at least. Oh, go on. I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say, I haven't seen, um, honestly, I haven't seen any of the other Best Picture nominations for drama, but I'm... Okay, the only one, the the three I have seen, I would not have nominated for Best Picture. That's what I was going to say. That's Promising Young Woman and Trial of Chicago 7? Yeah, uh, I think Promising Young Woman's interesting, and I won't, I will not fight anybody if they think it's amazing, but to to be like, this is one of the five best dramatic pictures of the year is kind of an absurd thing for someone to say trial of chicago seven is like it's so mediocre yeah that's kind of what i I'd, I'd felt not just from you but in general and so that's why i'm looking at this list here uh i have heard really good things about nomad land but i haven't seen it so uh it's going to be on hulu on the 19th so okay that's when i will be seeing it as well yes uh, I'm very excited to see it. I have heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And I 
don't even really know anything about the father. Uh, yeah, so, me either. Um, other than what it looks like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, uh, I guess is the reason it, it gets nominated, but that's kind of a silly reason. Mm. But it's it's a real shame that uh, stuff like One Night Miami, which picks up other nominations, or The Invisible Man, or Defy Bloods, yeah. Sound Metal, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. None of these get nominated for Best Picture, and they're all highly superior to at least the three I've seen. Yeah. 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 I've seen um, none of them. <laughs> moving on over to musical or comedy. I have actually seen four of these. I've seen two. Didn't like either. Yeah. I, uh, which, which two did you see? Jonathan Hamilton and the prom. Yeah. Uh, those. Yeah. I mean, they're both. Okay. Yeah. Hamilton feels so weird even being in this. I mean, I get it that it was filmed and put on Disney plus, but it's just like, it, yeah, to me, that's more of the documentary, uh, like American utopia was my favorite film of the year. Yeah. But I'm not going to, I would not say that should be nominated for best musical or comedy. That's kind of a silly thing to me. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and yes, Hamilton was supposed to get a theater theatrical release in July. Uh, and they pushed it back. Um, but. Yeah, no, why? <laughs> I mean, I understand why. I'm not going to say yeah. here and pretend I don't understand that the, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association just likes to nominate certain things mm-hmm. so that yeah. those people will show up to their ceremony. <laughs> and they they want Lin-Manuel Miranda to show up. So they have to nominate Hamilton. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And the prom was just so. I I'm surprised the Borat on, on there. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, I you know I, there are times where I wonder if it's because of Slim Pickens, but I can't say that because I haven't seen Borat. I just know I did not like the first one. And I don't, you're definitely not gonna like this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't like things that bring in real people. Like I hate. My favorite part of listening to morning or my least favorite part of listening to morning radio is when people call in. So when you add the general public to anything, I instantly cringe <laughs> and I, I just don't like it. Yeah. I mean, but the beauty is that that's the whole point of these movies, which is yes. why I don't like them. <laughs> is that you're supposed to cringe. I'm, um, I'm a fan for the most part. It's just like to see it on a Golden Globes award. list. It's just so odd. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've just always looked at the Golden Globes as like the Kmart Academy Awards. Like, I just sometimes, yeah. Have you ever watched the Golden Globe ceremony? So do all of the stars that are there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like we're here because you're cute. <laughs> they're like you're you're gonna give us <laughs> you're gonna give us free alcohol. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I I like the Borat film. I can see why that's here. I really like Palm Springs. I think that's on Hulu. Give that a watch. Okay. It's excellent. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you, Jonathan. The prom is meh, but it had moments for me. And it, it, it does have moments, but unfortunately, and like when I, I had asked you, had you seen it uh, a couple weeks ago? And the guy from the Book of Mormon, I can never remember his name. I want uh, more of and, him. Andrew Reynolds. Love, love his voice so much. 
yeah, he should have played the James Corden role and James Corden should have been nowhere near this movie or any movie ever. <laughs> James Corden is like the male Rebel Wilson. And he is nominated. Yes, he got nominated. Yep. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's jump into the acting categories. Then. James Corden's uh, going to freaking EGOT one day and I'm going to get pissed. Yep, he sure is. He's already got his Tony, so don't worry. Yeah. He probably has he probably has a Grammy because the Grammys have like 150 categories and that might only be a little bit of an embellishment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um okay, so the acting ca- the actor category for me starts really well and then like slowly becomes worse. Mm. Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal is probably my favorite performance yeah. of the year. I was really glad like, to see him. Actor or actress, it is my favorite performance of the year. Chadwick Boseman and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is sadly much like Heath Ledger, the Joker, his career best. Oh. And it's his last film and it sucks. I, again, I haven't seen the father. Oldman was really good. in Oldman was really good in Mank, but this is the, uh, the movie like he gets all his awards for. It would be so disappointing. Well, he got, he got all the awards for, um, what was oh, that one? Tinker Taylor. Soldier Spy. No, no. I wish he got all the awards for Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy because he is incredible in that film. No, it was um, Darkest Hour, the one about. Um, oh, 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 that's right. Where he played yeah, um, yeah. Churchill. Churchill, thank you. Yeah. I forgot. Which is a really well edited that. film. Mm. Yep, sure did. Yeah, okay. I think he won everything. And that a year. BAFTA, and a Critics' Choice, and the Golden Globe, and. Probably the oh, Stag. that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and I do not know. Anything about this last film, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Mauritanian. Like Mauritanian. Mauritanian. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, the first Mauritanian? time I looked at it, I was like, who's Tahir Ram? I don't remember this person in uh, The Mandalorian. And then <laughs> yeah. I looked at it again. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I thought, too, when I was just scanning. I was like, wait, what? Okay, so uh, actress in a drama, Viola Davis definitely deserves that nomination. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday, but it's going to be on Netflix, I think, later this month. Okay. So it sounds right. Or, yeah. or Hulu. Oh, so I'm going to check that out. Uh, I still haven't watched Pieces of a Woman because I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of heartache right now. Mm. Also, because I watched 40 movies at fucking Sundance and <laughs> half half of those were just depressing shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I heard Francis McDormand is amazing in Nomad Land. Not surprising. No, not at all. I wonder if she'll become part of the elusive three timers club, but we'll find out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Carrie Mulligan and Promising Young Woman. I'm glad she got nominated, even if I think the film is just okay. Yeah. The obvious uh well, I guess we'll talk about supporting actor too, but you know, the snub, of course, is Delroy Lindo missing here. I think Delroy Lindo should have been nominated in the best actor category. Yeah. And definitely kick out Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Bye. Uh, there are some other snubs that I don't feel as confident talking about because I haven't seen the films. I've just heard like Steven Yoon and Minari. Mm. which which just got shafted in this because even though it's a u.s produced film and is only like 60 percent in korean they put it in the foreign language category just like they did with um the farewell which was my favorite film of 2019 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, best actor in a comedy, Sasha Baron Cohen and Borat. <laughs> Somehow James, James Corden in the prom and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton both got nominated. Why? I mean, why? Yeah. Uh, Dev Patel gets nominated for the personal history of David Copperfield, which I really wanted to see. Mm. So, so I'm gonna have to check that out. I love Dev Patel and I was really hoping green Knight was going to come out last year. Yeah. And, uh, Andy Samberg and Palm Springs is definitely a deserved nomination. Okay. Well, good. Hmm. Though I, I'm really mad flipping over to the actress of comedy that his co-star Christina Milioti didn't get nominated because that film is nothing without her. And if you're going to give Sandberg the nomination, she should have got it too. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat. It's nominated Kate Hudson in music. Oh yeah. I didn't talk about that up in the musical. The offensive Sia film music got nominated for best picture and best actress. I don't know anything about this movie. Oh, no. So Sia creates this movie called music about an autistic girl uh and that little girl that dances in all her her videos Uh maddie ziegler oh yeah she she casts the star instead of casting somebody who is autistic and apparently it is very a very offensive film and the entire uh autism spectrum community is up in arms about it and was boycotting it well then there you go yikes Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the IMDb rating and the Rotten Tomato rating. Yeah. Like 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb and then 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <sighs> Which again, as Paul has pointed out, the Rotten Tomatoes rating is very not good. I mean, it's a percentage of yes and no. Yeah, it, essentially. It's if you gave it above a C, it's going to be positive. So it could be down in 20% and across the board be like C minuses where people are like, I mean, it's bad, but it's. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for French exit, Rosamund Pike for I care a lot and Anya Taylor joy for Emma, which I'm happy to see her nominated. I love Anya Taylor joy. Yes. I loved Emma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's kind of, go through these last eight categories a little quickly because we're starting to run up on time. Yeah. Okay. Supporting, uh, supporting actor, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen for trial of Chicago seven. So he's dual nominated this year. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the black Messiah, which I unfortunately skipped at Sundance because it will be on HBO max next Friday. Uh, Jared Leto for the little things, which I hear mixed, very mixed things on, uh, Bill Murray on On the Rocks, which I hear is okay. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night Miami, which somehow is the only thing that gets nominated for that film. That's odd. Like one or two things. He's really good in it. And I guess uh, people are going to be excited to see him and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda in the same room. Um, Some people. Some people. Uh, supporting actress Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing? Joey uh, Foster Olivia... for The Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, 
the amazing Olivia Coleman for the father, which makes me want to see this movie now because I love Olivia Coleman. Mm. Amanda Seyfried from Mank, which is a very deserved award. Yeah. Uh, nomination. And Helena Zingle for News of the World, which I am going to say that's a great nomination. She was really good in that movie. Good. That's a, that's a breakthrough performance if I've ever seen one. Nice. Okay. Uh, Best Director, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Hello, Fennell. Uh, David Fincher for Mank, which this is probably my least favorite David Fincher film, so yay, I guess. <laughs> Regina King in One Night Miami, who is the obvious winner to me and is probably not going to get it. Mm. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, Trial Chicago 7, who should not be anywhere near this. <laughs> right. And Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, who... Again, I hear that film is incredible, and I can't wait to watch it in a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm glad to see okay. Regina King, though. She deserves everything. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I've, been such, I've been a huge Regina King fan for so long, especially because Boys in the Hood was one of my favorite films as a kid. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, she voiced the two brothers and the boondocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's just always been in my heart, and to see her being treated like the queen that she is in the last couple of years with her win, her supporting actress wins and now being nominated for best director all over town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very happy. All right. Best screenplay Emerald Fennel for promising a woman. Again, this movie should not be picking up this many things. Yeah. Uh, Jack Fincher for Mank, who is David Fincher's father. And this is a posthumous nomination. Aaron Sorkin for the trial of Chicago seven. Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton for The Father. What is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Again, the three the three films I've seen in this category, I would not have put up for them. Yeah. Uh, best original score, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste for Soul. Mm -hmm. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for Mank. Mm -hmm. James Newton Howard for News of the World. Andre Alexandre Desplat for The Midnight Sky and Ludwig Gorenson for Tenet. Uh, I'm giving that one to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and John Batiste for Soul because that was an incredible score. Nice. It was. It was. I, I, I always enjoy the three keys that Trent Reznor owns on his keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say give it to Ludwig Gorenson for Tenet, but it just sounds like he's trying to be uh, Hans Zimmer. So, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to skip over best original song because I guess give it to one night in Miami because that deserves all the awards. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Uh, best animated feature the crudes on uh, the crudes, <laughs> the new age. Sorry. Uh, onward over the moon soul and wolf walkers. I have to give it to any of those. I'm giving it to over the moon. Very nice. I haven't seen wolf walkers though. I hear that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and finally, best foreign language film, another round, which I have a copy of right now. And I need to watch La Llorona, the life ahead, Minari and two of us. And I hear Minari is incredible. Yeah. So those are, those are our film nominations. We could get into television, but we're already running yeah. up over 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll end up with, uh, how do you guys feel about this? Cause I, I don't, I'm not happy. <laughs> None of the seven movies I saw of 2020. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> two. Two of the seven I've seen. So, you know. I'm glad I saw some nominated movies this year. Last year. Yeah. I. It feels 
severely underwhelming. Uh, you know, even with kind of going into it knowing we didn't have the full promise of the year fulfilled with potential movies and things. Right. There's a lot of uh, the usual suspects nominated, but we do have some good um, sparks scattered throughout. So I'm thankful for that, but I just don't know if any of them will win, if it's going to be a Hollywood licking their balls kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Everything's going to make. <laughs> yeah. Which would just be so yeah. meh. It really would be. It, and I and like at this Mank. point. It's just, oh, it's, oh. Yeah. And I mean, like I'm staring at a fight club poster right now. So it's not like I'm, I'm trying to be down on Fincher. I just, yeah. the movie it's, was just okay. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It could be a movie that came out any year. There's nothing, nothing. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a movie. It's nothing spectacular. Yeah. And, but I guess I'll be, I'll be happier if Mank wins than if trial of Chicago seven picks up all those awards. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. That movie is not good. Not yeah. bad. It's just, it's, it's more of a movie than Mank is. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am excited to see nomad land. That's one of the main things I take away from these. And I, I still need to see Ma Rainey's black bottom, which I, I need to it's, do. It's excellent. I hope Riz Ahmed, um, wins i hope rizamed wins and just just looking at the animated pictures and the comedies it's just so <laughs> weird 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 yeah and it's weird to me that sean the sheep farmageddon came out in 2020 and did not get nominated for yeah us. what the hell are you doing golden globes yeah farmageddon rules <laughs> It was in my top five until uh, one night Miami finally dropped on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I think, um, you know, they have the Oscars have one more month. I mean, this month of eligibility. So I'd be interesting to see if anything else uh, pops up for nominations that wasn't really considered for the Golden Globes. Well, the Golden Globes also ran until the 28th. So they're just going off of the screeners. Okay. They just want to get in before the Oscars get their nominations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shift gears, guys. Let's okay. talk about a movie. Let's do let's it. Let's talk about a movie. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar worsty podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week jonathan uh this week we watched the best years of our lives which follows three ward veterans as they return home from land air and sea and attempt to return to a life of normalcy Thank you. Yeah. A little like a poem there. Yeah. With a word that does not actually exist. <laughs> Invented by George <laughs> W. Bush, was it not? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. He did invent his own vocabulary, did he not? Mm -hmm. um, this is everybody's first time with this film. Yes, sir. Yes, outside of one scene, which I'll talk about later. Oh, okay. 
I watched this on the AFI watch that I did all those years ago. And I remembered it being a lot more depressing gotcha. than I found it this time. But maybe that's because mm-hmm. I hate movies now. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after that long, long cold open, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Break it down. Okay. So uh seems to be mostly a quiet night on the town in Hollywood, except for an award show, of course. Uh, they move out of Grauman's Chinese Theater because it was getting a little too small for the ceremony. And they move into the Shrine Auditorium where they apparently have so many seats open that they just sell them to whoever's walking by. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a thing. Uh, this is the first year since the second Academy Awards that the nominations in each category top out at five. Mm-hmm. So so no more nominating 20 films and giving four films the Academy Award mm-hmm. in one category. Uh, Best Years of Our Lives gets the most nominations at eight and wins the most Academy Awards at seven. Mm. Wow. So, Very nice. So we'll, go th- we'll go through and find out what kept it from being a hundred percenter. Of course, wins Best Picture over Henry V. Sword Lawrence Olivier, uh, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, The Razor's Edge, and The Yearling. Uh, I did not get around to watching Henry V and The Yearling this week because, again, I hate movies. <laughs> the Yearling is the one that I um, didn't watch and I skipped Razor's Edge on your suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, William Wyler picks up Best Director. Uh, over David Lean for Brief Encounter, who it is his first Academy Award nomination. Oh. And he beats out Frank Capra for It's a Wonderful Life, which is Frank Capra's last Academy Award nomination. You know what? I I talked about Brief Encounter last week. I didn't. It was, I guess it was one of those ones that was released too late to be nominated. I thought it was a 1945. It, it probably has a 45 mark on it, mm. but it... it reaches uh i took a note on a film this week that gets nominated for best picture next uh for the next year okay because it apparently had a a thing okay Mm. uh frederick march wins best actor playing platoon sergeant al stevenson uh for best years of our lives Mm -hmm. olivia de havilland wins best actress finally after (laughs) being nominated so many times for to to each his own and uh, apparently a lot of people skipped the Oscars this year, including Bing Crosby, who apparently <laughs> just does not like going to the Oscars. <laughs> apparently not. Uh, Frank Sinatra said, if Bing's not coming, I'm not coming. <laughs> and uh, Judy Garland and Joan Crawford both uh, peaced out. Now, normally what what happens these days is whoever wins the Academy Award for the opposite sex. So whoever wins best actor, say in 1945, it was Ray Milland for the last weekend. Ray Milland these days would present best actress and then best whoever won best actress the 
the year before would present best actor. Apparently it was, you know, best uh, Joan Crawford was scheduled to present best actress to whoever when for the category. Yeah. Uh, but she was still at home with her Oscars in her bed. She was yep in her bed with the flu with her Oscar. Uh, <laughs> and some, and <laughs> Olivia de Havilland saw that she was kind of the odds on favorite to win. So she showed up that night dressed to the nines, excited that she was going to be walking the stage for the first time. And somebody thought it would be hilarious if Joan Fontaine, her younger sister, who she despises, <laughs> were to give away the best actress. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> apparently, the two of them physically fought each other backstage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good Lord. Uh, that happened. Very nice. <laughs> Or not nice. Very mean. Or, yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. Uh, all right. So, Best Supporting Actor goes to Harold Russell for Best Years of Our Lives. It was his first film role and uh, his only ever Academy Award nomination. Yeah. Uh, he would only go on to be in, like, three or, three or four more films in his lifetime because he wasn't an actor. He was a uh, He was an actual soldier who was apparently training paratroopers when uh, some TNT blew up in his hands. And that's why he ends up with no hands. I still have so many questions. So many questions. I told (laughs) this to Jonathan before you showed up. (laughs) Uh, Not to make fun of the man. I'm sure. I'm sure it's very tragic incident for everyone involved, but he was training paratroopers and TNT blew up in his hands. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Question mark. <laughs> yep. Um, Anne Baxter wins for the razor's edge. She was probably my favorite performance in that entire film. So I'm glad if anyone got it out of there, it was her. She was actually really good in it. Um, the seventh veil wins best original screenplay, best years of our lives wins best, best screenplay, not original screenplay. <laughs> I hate this. Yep. Yep. And Vic- Vacation from Marriage wins Best Motion Picture Story. Wow. Best Documentary Short Subject goes to Seeds of Destiny. Okay. Is that another... uh, It's a propaganda film about the despairing situation faced by millions of children in the wake of the Holocaust who were homeless, parentless, orphaned, and in poor health. Goodness. All right. So So it's not... Not not from the military, but it's it's not war-related. Uh, that uh, sounds rough. Yeah, that does. Uh, I'm going to move on now. Um, best live action short subject. One reel goes to facing your danger. Best live action short subject. Two reel goes to a boy and his dog, but not the one with Don Johnson, mm. which of course is the greatest film of all time. Uh, best. Oh, best short subject cartoons. It is time for Walt Disney Oscar watch. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Walt Disney is nominated in Best Short Subject Cartoon for Squatter's Rights and loses. Caitlin McCoy is going to be very happy to know it is the fourth year in a row that Walt Disney has lost to Tom and Jerry. Good Lord. God. <laughs> the, 
cat concerto. <laughs> I wonder if there's like some uh, cartoon that came out like a battle between Jerry and Mickey or something like. I don't know. I don't know. But Celebrity Deathmatch. Here we are again. Poor Walt Disney, four years in a row, has lost his category. Mm. All right. Best Years of Our Lives takes best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. Best scoring of a musical picture goes to The Jolson Story, which, fun fact, Al Jolson uh, auditioned to be in The Jolson Story. (laughs) And lost the part to Larry Parks. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) I guess sometimes you're just not the right casting. Sometimes. (laughs) Best original song goes to On the Addison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe from the Harvey Girls. Okay. Uh, I don't know the rest of these songs, so I'm going to move on. But Oscar Hammerstein II was nominated this year. Hooray! Always nice to see his name. The only Oscar to win an Oscar. All right. The Jolson story gets best sound recording, beating out best years of our lives. Hmm. Oh, and mascot <laughs> of the podcast, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Providing is sound. Not, is not happy with that. Uh, best art direction, interior decoration, black and white goes to Anna and the King of Siam. Uh, best art direction, interior direction, color goes to the yearling. Best cinematography, black and white goes to Anna and the King of Siam. Best cinematography, color goes to the yearling. Best film editing goes to best years of our lives. Best special effects goes to Blythe Spirit. Blythe. Blythe. Uh, honorary awards given out to Lawrence Olivier for his outstanding achievement as actor, producer, and director in bringing Henry V to the screen. Uh, Ernest Lubitsch gets a, an, uh, an honorary award for his distinguished contributions to the art of the motion picture. Ernest Lubitsch is a director who... Uh, would get nominated sometimes and never won. Then in 1943, a heart condition forces him to retire from directing. So at this point, it's been almost four years since he has had to retire. So they decide to give him a little bit of a, a little bit of love at the Academy Awards. Yeah. And uh, the little bitch that he had to retire, but uh, well, uh, it's a little bitch that he will be dead by the end of 1947. Shit. At the age of 55. Mm. Yeah, that's real sad. Uh, and then Harold Russell gets <laughs> an honorary award for bringing hope and courage to his fellow veterans through his appearance in the best years of our lives. The Academy decided that he was probably going to get shafted for the best supporting actor, but uh, they were going to give him this special award so that uh, he, you know, he wouldn't have wasted his time showing up at the ceremony. And then he gets this award and wins Best Supporting Actor. He is the only actor to win two Academy Awards for the same film. <laughs> nice. Uh. Um, our Irving G. Thalberg Award goes to Samuel Goldwyn, who produced Best Years of Our Lives. And this is it was the only film that he ever produced that one Best Picture. Wow. Uh Academy Juvenile Award goes to Claude Jarman Jr. for his performance in The Yearly. Oh, I really wish they still gave that award out. Yeah, that's a, me too. Such a cool and that's our Oscar breakdown. Oh, thank yeah. you. Did you say who hosted? Oh, I did not. It was Jack Benny. Jack oh, okay. Benny. Nice. 
This is like his third time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Jack Benny host. Yay. Nice. This, this film is in the uh, National Film Registry. Take a guess which year. Well, I already know, so I'll let Jonathan guess. Oh, <laughs> sorry. 2005. I can't, I can't believe that there's a guessing game. You're just going to go look it up. Well, <laughs> I didn't mean to look it up necessarily. No, it was not 2005. It was 1989. This is a first oh, wow. ballot. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, which will surprise you a little bit more when I get to the rest of these, because none of the rest of these are first balloters. Uh, the Big Sleep goes in in 97. Gilda, It's a Wonderful Life, goes in in 1990. Mm. I mean, the next year. Yeah. John Henry and the Inky Poo, the animated <laughs> short. <laughs> <laughs> I almost kept it together. <laughs> okay. Animated short subject film. Uh, the Killers. Mm-hmm. Let There Be Light, which is a documentary. Uh, John Ford's My Darling Clementine, Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious, and the Walt Disney animated short subject film, The Story of Menstruation. (laughs) Okay. Educational. Yeah, and you can watch that on YouTube, The Story of Menstruation. It is just there for you to watch. Is it like a a, (laughs) a sex ed kind of thing? (laughs) It it was the sex ed kind of thing, apparently, for... Like a decade. Like fingers crossed for talking uh, uterus. Fingers crossed for talking <laughs> uterus. Time to drop an egg and shed our skin. <laughs> I made this place all nice for you. Oh, you don't want it? Fuck you! <laughs> all right. Three guys talking about menstruation. That's going to go well. Please. <laughs> to be fair, that was mostly the two of you. That's fair. <laughs> You laughed. Oh, I laughed. You're culpable. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this movie. Um, God, I'm sorry, guys. I spent the entire movie waiting for me to be able to take a nap during it. And man, it was on that line the entire time. Mm. I just it was three hours and ten minutes long for what probably could have at least been knocked down to two and a half, maybe even two. I thought it was on the good side of me, mm. but I just was not a huge fan of this one. Fair, fair. Yeah. I like the characters. I, I, and that was the point of this movie was just the characters in this movie. And, and, and I'll admit I, I'm a sucker for, for soldiers coming home. Oh man, I'm a sucker for that crap. And yeah. you know, you, when you get them, when they first come home, it's like, Oh, that's, you know, especially, uh, uh, Homer. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, I just. Uh, again, not a bad movie, just could not keep me in, but kept me in enough to stay awake. <laughs> I um, I feel, you know, fortunate this week that I uh, was not saddled with homework or 40 movies at a, <laughs> at a sure. festival because I I watched this in two parts. Um over the course of the week. And I really like this movie. And I, I really like this movie. Yeah. I knew you guys would. <laughs> it just, yeah. Yeah. As, as a film 
buff and uh, military brat. This movie really hit me on a couple of different levels. Yeah. I think oh, sure. And then that's I, kind of what I saw that was going to kind of hit you there. But yeah, it it definitely spoke to something in me that I, I really liked it. I like I said, I, I remember this film being a lot more depressing the first time I watched it. But this time I was like, I, I don't know if I'm just kind of in a more hopeful place now, but it just hit me differently this time. I yeah sure no um I was expecting a much more downer ending than it had mm-hmm. um and in this case I'm happy we got the happier ending I sure. I you know, I don't mind a sad bummer ending but if it, it suited this and I, just the I like that it's a it's a happy ending, but it feels like a for now happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with the lines that um, suddenly I forgot his name. Uh, Dana Andrews delivers to his love interest in the film where he comes up to her and he's like, we're going to struggle and it's going to be hard and things are probably going to suck. But, you yeah. know, we're yeah. going to be together. Yeah. And. And that's kind of how I felt for pretty much all the characters was we're going to suffer and it's going to be hard. But, you know, here in this moment, we're happy and we need to find the happiness yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That that point right there is that kind of shit just gets me like the end of Eternal Sunshine. We're like, <laughs> it's yeah. going to suck, yeah. but OK, OK, let's yeah. do it. We'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know it we know it failed once, but <laughs> but we don't remember it failing, so well, yeah. <laughs> we have that knowledge. So one thing that I really like in movies, um, that's kind of like if you do this well, then you, you get an instant grade bump is character progression. I think this movie does character progression really well. Like really well. Yeah. Except for the Al character. They they go, All right, Al is basically an alcoholic now. <laughs> but it's okay. That's fine. Guy's just going to drink. Platoon leader uh, alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, outside of that, I, once again, I just, I'm, I'm having difficulty finding the issues I had with this movie outside of the time. Mm. Like the pacing of that time was fine. It's just, I felt like there was maybe some unnecessary just fluff in some scenes that could have instantly been shorter. Just go, all right, did we really need this to drive any point home at all? You know, and I I feel it's kind of that um, that Roger Ebert quote, no good movie is long enough and no bad movie is or no, <laughs> no good movie yeah. is too long and no bad movie is. Uh, God, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying, Jonathan. I when I was watching it, though, everything just felt it felt very natural like i was yeah. watching some real life stuff and nothing nothing to me seemed like it was forced mm-hmm. and there were some things maybe even that seemed too fast in ways although i guess there was a suggestion of a passage of time i'm not sure how much it was like for uh peggy's character and fred's character to fall in love like that seemed fast but yeah right. i guess there was some time that but I think the most important thing that struck me with this movie was really the just the fact that they talked about PTSD and showed struggling marriages and well, things. It's like, I mean, they hit 
just about every possible thing that can go wrong right. with coming home. I mean, they hit that PTSD with Frank. You know, they hit the disabilities with Homer. They hit the alcoholism and, you know, coming back to, you know, the real world with Al and just it. They really hit it all. And and the point was it wasn't shoved down your throat, but it was definitely like, hey, you know, this is what these boys came back to. Yeah. You know, and then you get like the uh, the farmer trying to get the GI loan and, you know, the issues mm-hmm. that they have with that and just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it really was a, hey, guys, look what's you know going on with these guys. And this is stuff that carries on to today in every possible way. So I just, it's an important film for that reason alone. Yeah. I feel yeah. like sitcoms and things at the time were like not talking about that kind of stuff. So it's like the, there's the two worlds of TV versus a movie like this that's being recognized and yeah like and another thing like we hear from a modern perspective about soldiers coming home from vietnam and being treated like crap but you never hear about that kind of stuff really happening to world war ii it's all the greatest generation and the uh yeah all the reverence but then you have people in the movie who are still oh soldier boy everybody you think you're special and the guy's like you we fought the wrong people. Oh yeah, God. The, so that guy, I was like, you know what? I never really thought that there's going to be those people no matter what, because yeah. my brain immediately goes, Nazis are obviously bad. Mm-hmm. Who during that time is going to say we were on the wrong side. Have, have you seen video of the 1939 New York American Nazi party rally? No, that's a real thing that exists and it is frightening. And it was held in like Madison square garden or some shit like that. Yeah. No, there were, there were people like Henry Ford who just really like Nazis. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, I I just, my, like I said, I just, I, my brain instantly just goes, well, duh, Nazis bad. Yeah. But then I've lived through the last two, three, four, five, whatever years and have realized that apparently that is not the general consensus. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And as Paul stated earlier today, we are in the worst timeline. So yeah. Quote Bill Hicks, people suck. We are a virus with shoes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love that scene. And I, I love when Frank. I'm having trouble remembering character names, Fred or Homer. Fred, Fred. Homer, Homer gets tangled up and Fred jumps over the counter and just decks that yeah. dude into Bunch a, Nazis. I'm just into a fucking glass display case. <laughs> like, never mind. Customer's always right. This one was wrong. This one was wrong. Get out this one. His apron and walks out. Yeah. And so I think uh, appropriately, that's um, some of Homer's uh, most emotional, uh, like in his face and everything. Because, I mean, he's experiencing something real. He's not really even acting through much of this movie, to be honest, probably. Yeah, no, probably not. Um, yeah. And, and him talking about that ship going down and him losing all of his crewmates on it. He's, Oh God, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Homer was, I think the best character in the movie. And I just love the, the young naive character. Mm-hmm. Where he just kind of comes off as that, like, I don't know much about nothing, but I got what I got. Yeah. And just, 
I love that character. And that also brought in like for somebody who was as strong about his disability as he was still showing that like, this still sucks and I don't want you to be bothered by this. Yeah. Even though I'm the one that really has to deal with it. I'm more worried about you. God, I love that character a lot. I really did. It's, Fred was the one that just for did nothing for me this entire movie. I think I just, <laughs> he, and you know, all it was nobody that good looking works as an ice cream guy. <laughs> I think that's all it was for me. Like your wife was smoking hot. You got another chick who's going to appreciate you more equally smoking hot. <laughs> and uh, you're serving root beer floats. Oh. <sighs> but there. <laughs> There were just little things in that film that really, really got to me with his character. Like when his wife wants him to to put on the the uniform so that mm-hmm. she can yeah. show him off in the uniform. And as he's putting it on, she goes, there, now you look like yourself. And he just gives this look oh, like that look. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just want to <laughs> die in this moment. Yeah. Like, uh, it broke I, my heart in so many ways. Just so, the look on his face. And honestly, I feel like the the penny thing that early in the movie, that kind of foreshadowing that was obviously going on kind of ruined a bit for me with the wife. Like I, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of the degradation of that relationship instead of going, these two are obviously going to be together at some point. Right. How are we going to get there? And they just kind of gloss over it. Like, hmm. yeah, that's fair. And then, yeah, getting Gomez Adams at the end being a douchebag. The just <laughs> uh, like I said, of of the of the character arcs, his was I felt the weakest. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I could feel it like the being the the third most important the, anyway. Well, and the thing is, though, it's not so much that it's the weakest. I just felt like it was the weakest written because Al's was very like. This guy had a good home. He had a good job, came home to a better job. And he just kind of had like one moment of moral. What should I do? Was really all his arc ended up in. Oh, God. And then he's got that. He's got the one speech. Oh, that speech was glorious. Yeah, (laughs) it's like they told us to take this hill. And you're like, well, we can't take that hill because we don't have collateral. (laughs) We lost the war. So we lost the war. And his wife's so proud of him in that moment. Oh, it made me so happy. Yeah. So I, I just, his was probably the least shown, but I liked his more than I did Fred's. I just, yeah, I could see it. Which, I, and, and it all, I feel like boils down to just not, not that it wasn't written well, just that it wasn't written as well. And no, I, that nobody that good looking to soda jerk. Yeah. I, and I understand where, where you're coming from with, the whole penny thing. Cause I, I guess I would have just liked to see more of the degradation of the marriage as well, because yeah, it's, it is so heartbreaking to watch this woman just not be in love with him yeah, and treat, treat him like yeah. he is the arm candy that he is. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially in that and, uniform. <laughs> another thing that bothered me about this movie, um, the really only the music you hear is that one woman singing scat and it's just be doop doo doop. That's it. She does it like twice in the movie, <laughs> like of the nightclub scenes. You're just like, 
you get right. all the I, piano stuff at the bar. You do get the piano stuff at the bar, but of the nightclub scenes, it's always that same woman singing <laughs> B-Doop and doo-wop. Like, I think those were the only words she sang. I mean, they do live in like a one-horse town, so. Sure. <laughs> Can't imagine the night the nightlife scene is popping off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember the music overall, the score being pretty good, although there's no, like... It's- Nothing that sticks out to me. That's per cool. se. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I think I think my my favorite scene of the film and my favorite piece of the score was um, Homer taking his fiance up to the bedroom. To, yes. Oh, yes. To explain if, to her why he doesn't want her to waste her life on him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, it's so strong. And yeah. If nobody else mentioned that, I was definitely going to mention it because that's yeah, that's where the tears started for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Now, I started this movie crying when they came home, because like I said, I'm a sucker yeah. for soldiers coming home. But that was all the tears I got. I, I got the, the 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 showing of the PTSD in Fred, I thought was really well done, especially when he was sitting in the plane. Mm-hmm. And just that look that he had was just. Yeah. Like I was worried on what was going to happen. Like that was a really tense moment, even though it was just him literally looking outside of like a bombardier window. That's the one scene of the movie that I'd mentioned that I'd seen um, when I took a film class, uh, like it was demonstrating how they like were showing the PTSD and the, and the music and the zooming in on the back of his head and just that that zoom in was incredible. Yeah. 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 That was just, uh, that was a really well, shot scene and just everything about that scene was really well done yeah um but yeah like like i said i i mean you guys talk me out of and into movies (laughs) granted we're not you know reaching you know zola issues where there's nazis getting pandered to Mm. but (laughs) i maybe i am liking this movie more than i thought and i'm just tired today Uh, very well could be but yeah. also, again, it's just I, I, I don't feel like this movie is flawed in very many places. It's not a perfect movie. No, but it, it, it is a good movie. So, and yeah. it is a film I would say was definitely uh, deserving of going in in the first National Film Registry class. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I as a film, it feels like it's very well made, but I think the social significance of it when it came out is just as important as anything it is as a film yeah yeah well even just past when it came out like i said yeah. earlier yeah that, i mean it's it's something that can speak to to soldiers now yeah. yeah yeah all right so any other notes gentlemen about this movie no three hours uh, long we should have a little bit more I, yeah I, <laughs> I mean i i had almost wanted to break it down like character by character but honestly we're already hitting an hour in our recording and we still have other things to cover and yeah. as good as this movie is. And this movie is really good. I it's just, good. I I'm, I'm not trying to have a two hour episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've already said we're all tired. <laughs> yeah, all right. I got, so, I got 40 movies to watch this week. <laughs> yeah. And then like at the end of like, Oh man, I've gone through what? 35 movies at this point. Oh, look, another film festival. Let me go ahead and buy a ticket to that. Hey, I, I am participating in that film festival because there are 25 films and is 13 days. I can take yeah, my time and stretch I'm, that out a little bit. <laughs> it's a little, and, I don't know. So, and it was, only, 
Oh, go on. I'm sorry. How how many days was the Sundance thing? And and you could seven. only watch the films during that, even though you yeah, paid during that seven days. You paid. Yeah, Oof. it's frustrating a little bit, but it's yeah, the no, experience, it's, I guess. It was very frustrating, and <laughs> I while while I absolutely loved the experience and I had a good time. At the same time, it's like I just crammed forty movies into seven days. <laughs> I mean, do you think you'd do it again? Stuff. Yes, I'd absolutely do it again. Of course you would. <laughs> of course you would. Say this. I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at South by Southwest. <laughs> God. Um, but uh, Slam Dance is only 25 films. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's 13 days and it's only $10. So yeah, if I only great. watch, if I only watch like 10 of those films, it was a dollar a film. <laughs> That's yep. fair. So That's and uh, probably by the time this comes out, Slam Dance will be like half over. But I highly suggest everybody pay the ten dollars, even if you're not going to watch any of the films. Let's support indie filmmaking. Oh yeah, uh, these are true indies. These aren't like the mini majors, as they call like you know Neon or stuff like that. Yeah. These aren't these aren't not the Miramax movies. <laughs> yeah, these aren't million dollar studios. These are true indie films that people have made out of love and are trying to find uh trying to find distribution for and uh, i think everybody should support that it's only 10 bucks yep fair enough all right boys let's get into some worsty judgments so um back does this movie deserve best picture so I'm finding now that 1946 is full of a bunch of movies I really love. Um, I watched this week for the first time The Killers, which I really liked. And it's free on YouTube if anybody wants to look for it. Uh, Gilda is one I love because you got to shout out Rita Hayworth. Um, mm-hmm. The Big Sleep, of course. And Notorious is one of my top three Hitchcocks. Um. Uh, watch my darling Clementine, which is really good. Henry the Fifth was okay, uh, and then you got It's a Wonderful Life, which is one of my absolute favorites. So I feel like this this one was a year where it was kind of like a toss up. I would have been happy with. Oh, is that? <laughs> it's Henry Five. Very nice. Um, in the end, I feel like it comes down to a battle of my heart and mind between It's a Wonderful Life and this movie, but. I'm I'm absolutely fine with this winning best picture. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is one of those more heartfelt, lovable classics that I'm 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 lost for the words of what I'm trying to articulate. But it's like it didn't win best picture. That's okay. It lives on as a classic, and everybody knows it. This one is a significant social piece, and yes. All right, that's my answer. Um, I'm going to agree only because the only other movie I've seen is It's a Wonderful Life, and I hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely best picture. Paul? Um, okay. So I didn't watch The Yearling this week again. Uh, I think I said that earlier. Uh, I wish I could have gotten to it. It was free on Pluto, I think. And... Oh, the Yearling is? Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, okay, let me write that down. I, I think it was Pluto. I'll I'll look that up later. Yeah, I can tell uh, you, Pluto kind of sucks because it blocks my ad blocker. Damn yeah. jerks. 
uh, I watched the razor's edge and I was so <laughs> goddamn bored by like the first 20 minutes of that film. And it never, it never got me back. Yeah. Uh, it, it made a concession when Ann Baxter was on screen. Cause she was actually very captivating to watch. And when she wasn't on screen, I hated every character of that movie and I never wanted, uh, the main actress of the film was pretty much trying to be Scarlett O'Hara and oh. she was the boring version of Scarlett O'Hara. So for Jonathan, you can only imagine how much he hates that he would have hated that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie sucks and should not have been nominated for anything. Uh, but it apparently costs a lot of money. So, uh, Henry V, which I have my criterion over here bought for like $5 used. Uh, I'm, I'm not really big on Lawrence Olivier's Shakespeare adaptations. Yeah. Uh, I don't like a lot of straightforward Shakespeare adaptations, but I did watch uh, Romeo and Juliet told through the social media age at Sundance. Nice. And in a film called R hashtag J. <laughs> Absolutely nice. enthralling. Uh, probably my favorite version of Romeo and Juliet now. Wow. That nice. isn't a West Side Story. Uh, and of course... What's that? No, I was just going to say, I, uh, it was a terrible joke, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I just haven't seen Henry V because I haven't watched one through four yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, he, he tries to train a new boxer and his son gets jealous. <laughs> and, um, then that him and the boxer kind of falls out of favor with him and they fight in the street. Yeah. Nice. Wait, no, that was yeah. a different movie. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway. for some strange reason, when I think of like <laughs> Henry V as like a series, I think of like one of those Charles Bronson movies. Death as, like, Wish? A, like a Shakespearean <laughs> Death Wish. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been much more interesting. Yes, probably. Yeah. Um, of course. And, and then, of course, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, now, now, here's where I'm going to go. Best Years of Our Lives deserves to win Best Picture. It is the highest grossing film of the year, and It's a Wonderful Life bombs. Mm. It straight up just doesn't do anything. Uh, it was kind of a depressing film, and the good guy doesn't necessarily win in the end. And I could see why that would have turned a lot of people off in 1946. Uh, but because the film did so poorly... And the studio was like, well, I guess we're just not going to renew the option on it. And it became public domain. It ends up on TV year after year after year and ends up becoming a classic that way. Yeah. Not because it was, though it was kind of highly praised by critics, fans, people just stayed away from it. Yeah. So, so while we, while we absolutely love It's a Wonderful Life and recognize it as one of Capra's masterpieces, it was not well beloved in 1946 and was not going to win best picture. And it felt more like them just kind of saying, you know what, Frank, we we know what good you did in, in the war. And this is your first film back after the war. And we want to recognize you as Frank Capra. Yeah. But I don't think he was ever going to win it. And he has, yeah, he has awards. Jimmy Stewart has award, you know, he has three Academy Awards. Jimmy Stewart has one. Actually, 
uh, Frank Capra ended up winning two documentary awards. Oh. Uh, for the Why We Fight series, uh, the first film of the Why We Fight series was the first film to win Best Documentary. Yes. yes. One, one of the four. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I, think, I think this was the right call. Yeah. I think it was a popular, it was a very popular film. It's a very good film on top of that. And I, I, think, it, I think it means a lot more to people that this won. In right. that moment, yeah, yes, this yeah. is our best picture. Excellent. Well, um, so with that, Paul, is this the worst best picture? No, but I don't know what's going in my top five either. So, so I think we've ruined your streak of this being your number one movie. <laughs> oh no, no, uh, you made oh. that face earlier today, and I'm like. Or earlier, and I was like, "Is he? Is this going to be his new number one again?" No, go, going my way broke that. Yeah. Okay, that's because it was the three films before that's going right. my way, and then going my way came out, and then last last week's film, uh, last weekend wasn't my favorite, my new number one either. That's right, yeah. because I was the only one that kind of liked. It. <laughs> kind of. Oh, no, I liked it. No, too. I really liked Lost Weekend. I just didn't love Lost Weekend. Wait, which one am I thinking? Probably my going way. my way. Going, going my, my way. way. The one, the one that we just posted this week. Duh. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to agree with you. No, this is not the worst best picture. Gone with the wind. Still can't beat it. Um, and yeah, I think you guys have kind of talked me into maybe waking up a little bit more <laughs> and realizing this. Yeah, definitely in the upper half, maybe in the upper quarter of what we've seen so far. So possibly we'll see. Sweet. There's no hooray bubbles moment in yeah. or milk, but you know, I don't know that chopsticks, the chopsticks, the chopsticks was, was good. <laughs> I thought you were joking about learning. How to play the piano. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, uh, you got Broadway melody and gone with the wind and uh, whatever other cellar dwellers. This one may actually be my new number two. Two, I've kind of held oh, back how much oh. I really do love this movie. Um, because I was holding it for that moment. Uh, if if not number two, it's number three, it's in my top three anyway. I it just hit me in so many ways, especially once we got to the, the seeds uh, scenes with um, I almost said Fred and Wilma, it's not Fred and Wilma because <laughs> Homer and Wilma, <laughs> but we do have a Homer and a Wilma and a Fred, so I don't know if any of these uh cartoons were inspired by this movie possibly um homer and wilma just pulled at my heart the whole time and them getting married in the end i was i was a weepy little bitch by the end of it and i was just like i love this when he touched the ring onto the top of her hand i just i died (laughs) yeah yeah it was a good moment my heart my heart grew three sizes this day <laughs> I wish they'd have gotten better kids to sing Here Comes the Bride, though. They were shit. <laughs> I, I like that they had no, shit. Yeah, they were sincere. Yeah, sincere because shit. But yeah. that's exactly yeah. how that would actually be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to call it there. Uh, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on a lot of things. Man, my brain just turned off again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at altorn underscore Occam. Find me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash altorn underscore Occam and on TikTok at altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker at Zachmaster, spelled X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, or TikTok at Havoc House. God. 
it's almost cringe. <laughs> but there's sweatpants dancing. Yeah. And there will be more. Excellent. <laughs> and Paul, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where you can see my rankings of the 40 films I watched in seven days <laughs> at Father of the Fear. Um, also, where you could probably see a review where I say I like Best Years of Our Lives more than It's a Wonderful Life, mm. uh, a film that I love. I love yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, and what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, we are watching Gentleman's Agreement, which is on Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, Vudu, YouTube. I have a Blu-ray copy. I found at Big Lots for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is this like the only film nominated in 1947 that's not on HBO Max? I guess so. Bishop's, Bishop's Wife and Great Expectations are on there right now. Oh, nice. Good. And uh, Miracle on 34th Street, which is also nominated for Best Picture, is on Disney+. Plus. Hell yeah. Uh, and Cinderella's oh. coming! Oh, yeah! The Rodgers and Hammerstein version with Brandy Norwood and uh, Whitney Houston. Yep. Okay. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at Oscar Worsley Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worsley Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us get seen in the almighty algorithm. <laughs> Fuck yeah, algorithm. For Jonathan and Zach. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>